I don't harp on death benefit, but it's it's important for me, having gone through what I did with my best friend. So I get firemen who are analytical and business owners, and these are the guys I talk to more about cash flow management, never paying taxes to get on your profits, having a place for you to grow your business from, where a bank does not attach a note to your your success, and they can bring you down in bankruptcy. So it's kind of it's different, but I'm I will I will tell you this, and I'll be brutally honest. My message is getting better. Speaking with firemen, giving them the information. Because you just kind of have to see where people are coming from and where they're at. This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Welcome back to the Better Wealth Podcast. You are in for a treat today because we're sitting down with Kirk and the feedback that I've been getting from a lot of you guys. And I really, really appreciate all of you that have gone to betterwealthpodcast.com and either filled out the survey or reached out to us. We read every single thing that comes through to us. And so thank you. One of the the common feedback that we're getting is, Caleb, I want to hear from more people that have implemented um, this and asset strategy and and really want to hear from them and hear how they're using it and their mindset. And Kirk is one of these amazing stories because this is a firefighter who is this typical firefighter who's hardworking, who doesn't necessarily like wouldn't necessarily love to like sit down and learn different new strategies, discovered the strategy. I'm not going to ruin the story, but just became super overwhelmed by all the amazing things that you can do incorporated with his family. He shares in the interview how he's used it, um, how he's used life insurance and overfunding to um, do certain things in their family. And it's just really cool. There's a, there's a clip that I love where he um, talks about just, you know, sitting on money like an alligator and just, I think it's really, really impactful. And I just am super grateful to have crossed paths with him and have really been able to, at Better Wealth, we're making his his dream of not just implementing this, but sharing more people possible. And so it's always I'm always grateful to have people like Kirk in my life. And uh, the last thing I'll just say is uh, stay till the end because I get a firefighter to actually start crying on the show. This is the first time that's ever happened. Um, but I think there's just a lot going on and he was just reflecting on all the things in his life. I think it was a good tears, but definitely, definitely a... Uh, Gave him a hard time after the fact, but it's really, really precious. And so without further ado, here's Kirk. All right. We are live in Denver, Colorado on the Better Wealth Couch with one and only Kirk. Dude, it's good to have you here, man. Yeah, it's been an awesome, awesome experience. So we met in at a conference and it was kind of funny because I introduced myself to you and, and you're like, dude, I know you. I have your book. I'm like halfway through and I'm like, man, this is, this is like a weird thing. And then we, I ended up getting to know your story a little bit more and fast forward a couple months and you're in Denver and we're spending a couple days going deep diving into training. Like you, you're like on fire to truly help people take back control of their wealth. What I want, what I want to do is I, a lot of times I have like experts on this podcast. The reason I'm so excited to have you is you're going to change the game and I want to capture your story because a lot of people listening to this are on their journey to better wealth and many of them can be able to relate to someone like you who's mission focused, who's actually going to be helping us help other people, but you had your own epiphany. And so why don't you 
just share your origin story. And you've listened to this podcast before with other people. So why don't you share your origin story about where you grew up, what mindsets you had, and then your epiphany as it relates to infinite banking and taking back control. And you just, I mean, we could talk for days just about how you parent. And it's been so fun having you here. And um, I wanted to make sure before you left that we could capture your story. Okay, well, pop some popcorn because we're going to be here. Now, um, so my initial story grew up in Southern California, came out to Arizona, parents split up, raised by mom, my brother and I went through high school, um, no ambitions to go to college, mainly because I had the resources with my grandparents, they would have paid, but I just wasn't drawn to university um, for some reason or another, very mechanical in my hands, oriented, I grew up building things, Um I really enjoyed it. I thought I was going to do a construction of some sort, and then I got the idea to become a fireman. Uh, in that time, I got married, and yeah, my wife, Jerica, and my, who I now have a daughter with, and another daughter on the way in February. Well, going into marriage, I had a conversion of faith, uh, where I became a, a Christian of uh, Baptist faith, and uh I just had a lot of things that I needed to check off going into my marriage. And one of the things for me was like, okay, you know, you need to figure out finance. You need to figure out money amongst many things, right? And uh, I was faking it till I was making it and I didn't have it all figured out. But um, around the the last crash, I just saw some families really get destroyed. And I just, it didn't sit right. It didn't feel right. And I just, I didn't like that. So fast forward, I get hired as a fireman after I've been married. I'm going through Nelson's book. Uh, Ron Paul was a real big uh, proponent to push me into some some thoughts I had he about... He references Nelson. He's referencing Nelson Natzer's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Correct. And who gave you that book? Um, Amazon, 20 bucks. No, dude, I'm telling you, nobody was pressing life insurance on me. I just was going through the weeds. Because you were big into the libertarian. Um, I was more, I was more looking at the injustices that happened in the banking system. Middle class lost their, 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 their whole deal. And these guys got bailed out. Well, for people that are listening, there's a, um, gentleman who wrote a book called Pirates of Manhattan that I read and, he was showing how these banks fared pretty well throughout that and how much of their actual capital they kept in life insurance and like getting punched in the face. You're just thinking, what the heck? So I'm, I'm, and I don't know where that programming I had came from because I never had a life insurance situation. Nobody sold me, but instantly I thought life insurance guys were creepy. It might've been from just TV or movies or innuendos. I don't know or jokes that friends make subtly, or I don't know, throughout the years. But I had to figure this out because banks are the most profitable institution in land, in the land, any land, wherever they go. Um, so I started looking at that, um, started really trying to disprove it, listening to some podcasts. Bob Murphy was in Carlos Laura. I found them through the bowels. Um, from there, went to the IBC Practitioner Online, which is a place that is really IBC-oriented. Like They have a deal where they vet life insurance agents that are supposed to do things right. Found a guy in my town. Found three guys in my town. Emailed them all. And next thing you know, 
um, I'm having a meeting and I'm just still reading to disprove it. I'm like, I'm going to get this guy somewhere and find the hole in this. Didn't happen. Followed through. And most people that are listening to this, if you fully understand the power of putting your capital into a position that grows until the day you leave this earth, come a little evangelical. That's a testament to what we believe in and what we are are doing. What we do needs to be shared. So um, I referred probably 10 friends, family of mine, coworkers to an agent where I lived. And um, eventually I just was like, you know what, man, I think I can do this. After reading and uh, my agent friend said, dude, your your people are coming to me just ready to roll. You've done a good job. And so I talked to my wife and she encouraged me. I'm a fireman, so I don't know. Did I say that already? Okay. Yeah. yeah and you still you still work? Right. Fireman, yeah. Which is so amazing. So I'm in the fifth largest city in Phoenix and um, I get to serve my community 10 days a month. And with that, I have downtime, to, you know, I'm off, I'm on for 24, off for 48. So in that, um, I remodeled a whole house myself pretty much. I, you know, when I first got hired as a fireman, still telling guys about this as passionate as ever. And then once my remodel slowed down, I uh, was at Nelson's conference that he was last at in Alabama. It was a total blessing to meet him. Um, I went to that. We were both at that conference, by the way. I know. And I remember thinking, I didn't see you. I didn't, I don't know what the deal was. I think I might have though, because I was like, <laughs> he's this, this kid that yeah, looks I'm like, like he knows what he's doing. Like, is he what lost? is he, what, what is he doing? <laughs> so I kind of, I wasn't licensed when I went to that. And I kind of was still on the fence about the whole situation. And I was really impressed at the caliber of individuals who are carrying Nelson's message. I got to have dinner. We got to spend time in the breakouts. And I just remember praying about it. And on the flight home, I was just like, dude, these are some solid people. It's a solid message. And, you know, this is something you could devote your time and energy to. Because I I truly believe in my heart of hearts, like, Everybody needs uh, a place to put capital to give them, um, you know, it's in, and the Bible teaches this very clearly, the talents, okay? So, um, fast forward, went and got licensed. That was awesome. You know, studied for a week, got licensed. You know, what's funny is the test didn't have anything about IBC or true in-depth, crazy using it, utilizing insurance for financial tools. It literally is memorize for the test, pass the test, and then really start learning. That's most like most education, but the problem is if you start learning a bunch of that, like if I take the test again, I could fail just because you, you just have to, it's like most people would fail their driver's test if they tried it, you know, cause you pick up so many, not bad habits. I, I'm, I'm going downhill fast, but like you start learning things that aren't even necessary for the test and it starts it's very textbook and so you pass that and then you started started looking into practice and that's where we met right yeah so you know what's funny that's a lot like firefighting too is is you you're you're taught in an academy on a sterile field you know the hydrant's perfect there's not 10 cars in the way and you know a, a big old fence and they say get off the truck and do this function and pull this hose and it's so sterile and then your first day on the job you get your first fire and it's it's chaos the the hydrant's hidden in a bush and you know the there's four cars in the driveway and i mean so learning about the real 
power of insurance through this. And I was learning before, but I think this is why a lot of clients have so many questions because their initial view of insurance is not actually what where we take them. So fast forward a couple um, months from there, from Nelson's, started sitting down with some clients, and then I ended up going to Indianapolis at the event that was put on where I, I ran into Dan Kaminsky in the elevator. And uh, I'm a fireman, so I don't overdress. And I was out of, I don't, I wouldn't want to say everybody there was overdressed because that's their way of life, but I'm casually dressed. And um, I look over and Dan, the man is just kind of chilling, being Dan, not saying much, just kind of observing and um, just hit it off with him. And um, the passion that you carry that most people hear through your podcast and who you are, Dan gave me that. Not in maybe the energy you have, but just in his like, when I asked him what he was doing, he was very pointed. He knew where he was going to go with this company, what he wanted to, you know, give to clients. And I was thoroughly impressed. Um, I guess this is where I could turn a little negative. Um, I had been looking at my situation of my GA and I just wasn't getting the training I needed. I wasn't getting the what I needed. I'll just leave it at that. So it wasn't too hard for me to connect with Dan initially. I know I didn't get to spend too much time with you, but just Dan was pouring into me like, dude, this is this, like, you know, you need to read this book, read this book, you know, listen to these guys do this. And so by Dan pouring into me, our conversation evolved. Um, and I, you know, approached him, you know, so approaching Dan and saying, Hey man, like, what are you, what are you guys looking like forward? You know, what are you guys going to need from agents or how's that going to work? And, um, before you know it, I'm, I'm in Denver and I'm learning from you guys and, um, extremely excited to, to have the information I have this young in my, in my career. And I, when I pray my, when I bow my head and pray, man, it's like, give me the people now. Cause I can't, I work with firemen and I'm going to work for them for another 30 years. I can't get this wrong. I can't be selling them, you know, products or advising them and life insurance and get it wrong. So to have the study and with you guys coaching me, um, correcting the message, perfecting the message. And uh, it's just been, it's been a beautiful time here. You know, one thing I so admire about you is your sponge. And you, you ask so, you ask great questions. You hustle you make great food <laughs> and, and you also just have such a heart. And I mean, people will be able to hear this, the heart that you have for your family and for the people that you serve. It's just incredible, man. And it's been a pleasure having you. Can we go back to in high school when it all changed for you? Cause I, I, if you're comfortable sharing that story, because I'm telling you, man, that is, that story shares more about who you are as a person and the, the person of comeback you are. And I think it really sets the stage. And when we first met, when I actually came down to Arizona uh, and we really got to talk for the first time, sharing your story of you turning around was really powerful because you have quite the, you had quite the wild upbringing, but you're, I mean, you're straight laced. And I mean, I'm so impressed by your, your ethics and morals and it's powerful. So take me back to high school. You're, you're 
doing some things that you shouldn't you're partying around okay okay yeah this is this is pretty this is a total redemption story um so uh let's just say i was exposed to pot at a very young age seventh grade um and it wasn't it was a a neighborhood thing it rolled into high school and um sitting in this class where you're you're, you go to the class, get out of the class, you go to lunch, and you come back to the class. And my my English teacher, uh, Mrs. Samuels, calls me out one day, and she's like, hey, dude, you're going to be a loser. And I'm like, what? I'm like, all right. So I had a, a moment of, so moving forward, I'm in, I'm in high school now, and I just, I was like, dude, you, you have so much more in you. Um... And I looked at my friends soberly one day, and I'm like, these are the really good dudes. Like, they would go to bat for me in like half a second. We could do anything. But they were just on a path that didn't serve my life and what God wanted for me. Uh, to be a man, a leader, a husband, um, and, a, and a son to him that serves him. So I get on track, and I just start finishing school. Next thing you know, I'm out of school. It was it was a, a process of going, you know, more introspection, and I ended up um, getting towards my point of marriage, and that was another another point. So I don't know if that's what you were. Yeah, I just I just think you you were going down this path. You had a tough upbringing, and you were you had someone that cared so much about you to look you in the eyes and say, "Dude, I see so much more potential in you." Yeah, in the in the words of right. you're you're going to be a loser. And then your ability to reflect on that and change. I mean, man, like I I'm I get goosebumps just thinking about that teacher that showed up in your life and I just I I like going deep with the people that we interview mainly because we're all individuals and we all can make assumptions and if someone looks at you they would assume that you had this perfect upbringing that you know and the reality is you had you had some key people in your life that and that was a pitiful that was a pitiful point in your life. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's an interesting point to take note in like most people think like your best friends are the ones that always just you know encourage you when you're being dumb and don't really say much and they always side with you. Well that's not what the Bible teaches. And fast forward and I'll just kind of you know wrap this up. I ran into that teacher in church like Eight years later. Yeah. And then I ran into her again um, a couple years after I had been married and a fireman and had a daughter. And, you know, if, when you have people in your life who you know that they have potential and you know that they're capable of more and you actually see the fruits of their lives and you know it's not good, you have an obligation as a, as a I mean, if you don't care about them, leave them alone. Because truly, you don't care. But when you take that time out of your life to say, "Hey, man, like I've been, I've been, I know who you are as a person, and I'm not seeing it." And that's different for everybody. I'm kind of, I'm blunt. I, I mean, um, I work. I'm a fireman, man, and a lot of my coworkers are um, some of the most interesting, fun, dude. Yes, like that's an understatement. So, um, yeah. So very, very cool moment in life for me. Yeah, that's that's pretty special. Now let's fast forward. You're you had this epiphany 
and it's funny that you stumbled upon this. You didn't have anyone come and talk to you. Like you found on Amazon, you're reading Nelson's book. What was the aha moment for you as it relates to, I'm going to save my money in life insurance. And then how would you, if I asked you, I'm a fireman or, you know, firefighter, I want, I want to work with you. How do you explain this? So your aha, and then how do you explain it to the everyday person about how you help them take back control of their wealth? Okay. So it has to start somewhere. And so for me, it was a, a boiling point of many little things that I didn't like with our, with our, I should say, our country, our nation, our political climate. So a lot of things were sitting uneasy with me. So it wasn't too far-fetched when I looked out into the land, you know, and this is what I challenge people, look into every system that we have in the United States. Look into our public education, look into now our university system, look into our financial system, look into our our church, and I'm, I'm sad to say this as a believer in Christ, look into our church system. A lot of this stuff, our pharmaceutical system, our sick care, our health care system, when you just take a blanket look, what system can you look out there and say, man, they are really serving my family carte blanche and have my best interest. And maybe there's people out there that have a good view, but I didn't have that view at the time when I looked at our cancer rates, how long we've been at war, you know, I mean, we've been at war since I was in eighth grade, dude. Like, I'm very anti-war. I love soldiers. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a patriot at heart. I love my country, but I know the destruction that war brings. So I was at an uneasy point to fast forward. I'll wrap that up. And so it wasn't too much of a leap. And my breaking point, I'll say it again, if you do what they do, don't do what they say. So the financial institutions... And these major Fortune 500 companies are holding billions and billions of dollars of life insurance products. So you earlier on, you you said the banks are the most profitable business in the world. And so is that what you're referencing? You're looking at Bank of America that has yeah. $22 billion worth yeah, of you know, exactly. life insurance. So the proof was in the pudding. And I was finally at the point to where like, and I'll be honest, and I didn't have it all figured out. But given where I was at in time, understanding that my money compounds, I needed to act now. I needed to figure this out and I and not suffer from the age-old analysis paralysis. Um, Nelson does a great job in his book. I mean, he's he's flashing checks, dude. What more, what more you know? He's got his little, I think it was a State Farm or Farmers, I don't remember, in the book. So it, it works, okay? So, um, But the aha moment for you is you're looking at other successful people and you're saying they're doing it. So if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Right. Is that, is that a fair analysis? Yeah, and I don't – I wish I could say I, I had you know 13 spreadsheets and looked at the dividends of this company for the last – and I did do some a little bit of that. But at the end of the day, if you understand the principles, the little stuff is kind of irrelevant. 100%. And you can you can get all the little things right, but if you're not going to jump all in, you are implementing this with your family, which is really powerful, which we'll get into before we, before we end here. So if, if you're sitting down with a firefighter, what are you, what are you, how are you explaining this to them? And what is your, yeah, what is your, what do you make sure that they get and understand when you're talking with them? So I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll make this my um in in Kura with firemen so uh 2015 i got married and the best man in my wedding um 
died this last year from melanoma. 30, very young, very young. Um, 31 years old, has a six-month-old boy, little four-year-old um, daughter, two-year-old daughter, three of them. And the wife, um, Sarah, God bless her heart, man, one of the most strongest women. When I watched her go through that, um, we had been hashing this out, okay? We had been hashing. I'm like, Brian, here's this book, man. It's uh, It details a lot of ways that we can protect ourselves. And we're talking life insurance, our family, our future. And him and I were a lot of like, we hunted, we built stuff. We, I mean, we just, he was my brother. Like, he wasn't blood, but I related to him more than anybody. So we're hashing this out and this happens, right? And, and I'm just like, you have got to be kidding me. And he, I'm established. I'm paying premiums. You know, if I die, my wife is a multimillionaire right now. And you don't value a terminal illness writer that is presented in a contract. And I know your story with your old, you know, your business partner. That's something that we don't even end up talking about death benefit half the time. You know, so my best friend gets cancer and he's in the situation where his family is pretty dependent upon the city of Phoenix industrial commission to cover him. And they are city passed the law saying there's certain cancers that a fireman get, we're going to cover them. And the city he's, he's got six of the seven death being the one that he doesn't have yet. And they're saying, no, sir, you need to, this, you don't get it. So at this time he's uninsurable and the family is going to, if this doesn't go through the industrial commission for the family, and, and I'll say this on air, and I don't care how many people hear this for Till Kingdom Come. The city came to my friend and his family with a $600,000 um, payout, pretty much hush money, and a gag order on him. And so that is, that is in my opinion, you know, not right for that family. Cause, but, you know, fast forward, I'm sorry, I'm trying to be a little more pointed here. He just... Unfortunately, he was in limbo with his family's destiny. And I'm thankful that this, the city ponied up, gave him coverage, gave him line of duty death, what he deserved since day one. And the wife is doing good and taking care of financially. So my message when I speak to firemen is this. And I was sitting down about two weeks ago to a guy whose wife does not work, just like me. I have dependents. And when you mark dependents on your taxes, you need to fully understand that if somebody is relying on your income, you got a huge problem. And if you're not focusing on that through life insurance um, or DI, you need you can't leave that alone. And so when I speak to firemen, this guy I was talking to loves spending time with his family. I mean, that's his thing. His wife, he talks about his wife like it's her, his best friend. They love their kids. And I just said, hey, man, like, you got to think like this. I'm not trying to be morbid, but I said, does she work or no, man, she just stays home. So she, this individual is her lifeline. So, I mean, I don't harp on death benefit, but it's it's important for me having gone through what I did with my best friend. So I get firemen who are analytical and business owners, and these are the guys I talk to more about cash flow management, never paying taxes to get on your profits, having a place for you to grow your business from where a bank does not attach a note to your your success, and they can bring you down in bankruptcy. So it's kind of – it's different, but 
I'm, I will, I will tell you this and I'll be brutally honest. My message is getting better speaking with firemen, giving them the information because you just kind of have to see where people are coming from and where they're at. Yeah. So. And, you, and you can be right about something, but if you're not connecting with someone or, and if they're not understanding, then you really have to re take a look at your message and how you say it. How have you used your plans in your with your family? Okay, so perfect. Um, and I will tell you this: there's you know there's more firemen on the Phoenix Fire Department right now that have a ton of coverage and a ton of of contracts being built into premium. And I'll just I'll just leave it at that. So, you know, I'm going to be the guy in the long game. I'm not trying to compete with anybody, but when the light turns on for for the my coworkers and my family that I work with, I'll be there and we'll have the message: silent assassins, we're coming. We're, and unfortunately, most people, and this is me, I found the Lord on my weakest day. And when our message is out there of the guarantees we have, the stability we have over lifetimes, it's going to literally take some people to lose a half a million dollars or 30% of their 401k or whatever plan that they have that they're looking at as bulletproof. And that's where we'll be. But fast forwarding to uh, using my life insurance contract premium. Um, what we call a policy loan. One of the best days you'll make is calling to get that money. So I bought a house. I bought a house on almost two acres in Phoenix, uh, totally old and ended up taking out loans to remodel my house. So um, I put as little down as I could on my home. I knew I needed about 60 grand to put into it. I used premiums to put into it, um, cabinets, granite, tile, you name it. Then after my project was finished, refinanced, got all my cash out of the deal, back in my life insurance contract, and now I'm holding an asset worth about 400 that I owe 200 on. So That's amazing. And, and your money was growing the whole time. Exactly. While you do- so here's the deal with firemen, and, and if, or anybody really who is in the trenches, you know, I'm still the guy that changes my brake pads, okay? I know how. I change the CV boots on my car, my half shaft. So I'm a do-it-yourselfer guy, and- Sometimes in the beginning of your life, you just need to grind. I don't know what other way to put it, but most firemen, you know, guys who are doing construction are laying their own tile in their own houses. These are the ways to get ahead that our forefathers built foundations on. They worked hard. They built up capital. And this is exactly what I'm doing. So ironically, in the fire academy, they train me about buildings. I get a real estate course. You know, I can look at a house and say, I can make some really good assumptions about this house. So going back to how I use my policy loan, I bought a dump, you know, fixed it up, used my real estate skills. Now I'm holding a legit asset that has done more for me, more for me than just rate of return or policy loan. You have to understand this because so often so many people just look at the asset like life insurance and say, well, what if I can get a better rate of return? And it's called an and asset for a reason because you, this is an example for you to get. Is it fair to say that your house grew two hundred, like two hundred thousand dollars in value, and that was because you had money and access and control, and that control, like who cares about the life insurance at the end of the day? It's going to work for you the rest of your life. It's going to protect you. It's going to do all these things, but it more importantly allowed you to not only build the dream house, but that's a that's an asset, a real hard asset that's going to serve you and your family the rest of your life. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm real big, um, on big picture. So I'm very 
detailed and pointed in my life and my goals. And one of my big goals was when I, when I had a, a child that my wife would be able to um, train and teach and be there for every need of my child's life in the early parts of the years. I believe that one of the biggest ways you can underserve a child in their beginning years, and I might catch flack for this, but this is my conviction. Those children need their parents 24-7. We have an environment that you know, is, is what it is. People know. I don't even have to say it. Kids need protection. They need training. You know, and for me to, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm an alligator, dude. I, I, I have money and I wait. Just like an alligator, when you look at that dirty little pond and you see this thing come up to drink some water and you have no clue the alligator's there. And then all of a sudden with all the energy, it's just, you know, gone. And that's what I did with my house. I saved up. We got out of debt. My wife and I paid off our student loans. I didn't know about independent banking, so we paid off her loans very ineffectively. But hey, you know, we still paid them off. We saved up capital. We looked, we looked, we looked, and there it was. Bam! Took advantage of that opportunity. And and I single-handedly believe that if people just save cash for, you know, even if it's 10 years and you capitalize so well in that 11th year on a profit, you'll outdo 100% of what that 10 years could have got you. And that's me personally. I like the control aspect. I know the returns with my desire looking at houses is unbelievable. It's just timing and patience and, and waiting for the Lord's blessing. So, And I, I think you so beautifully share like that. I 100% agree. I think so, so often we buy into constantly investing our money and what you're doing is you're just giving up control and liquidity, which liquidity is your access to money, like at a, in a short time period. And you miss out on big time opportunities. I want to go talk about one other thing before we go into the legacy question. And it's, it's today you, you came to me and you're like, Caleb, I feel like the 401k or retirement plan is like a butter knife and life insurance, the way that we structure it is like a Swiss army knife. Why don't you break down that epiphany? Because this is what I wish. I wish we had this whole thing vlogged because the moments and laughs and the we have, just to give you a picture, we probably have like 25 whiteboards in our house and it's, and they're all full because we just, there's so many cool things that we, we have going on. And, and so why, why don't you, cause you, you had that epiphany cause you're making your presentation and like, talk to me about that. Okay. So a big moving point for me was putting down your floating ideas that you have all the time. And everyone listening has this floating idea. Oh, this house, this day, this, this point in my life, this day, put it on paper, put it on a whiteboard, make it known to your wife. Put it on a sticky note. Right now, pause this and go write down whatever that thing is that you want. And let your brain know that you want it. Because your brain does not want to fail. And if you constantly know that you're moving your family in this direction, your brain will start to work with you instead of against you. And I believe this wholeheartedly. And that's a beauty in our in our design. Yes, we have some programming that if it hurts us early on, it can affect how we go after those goals. But, you know, I'm here to motivate people like you have so much potential. And in my life being pointed, Caleb, my life insurance 
policy gave me a contract that allowed me to use money to secure a house that I wanted that gave me the ability for my wife to stay home because my strike price was so low. How do you do that out of a 401k? That's the butter knife versus the Swiss Army knife. And it's not just that. I just bought a car for my wife using it. And I have the note, but I'm, I have the note of the car now. And that was an, another transaction that I used my policy for. Call down, get a loan, go to a dealership. Don't talk about anything else other than out the door price. Hand them the cash. The title is in your hand. And now you're repaying that policy loan like you would have for an auto. So this has been awesome for clarity of the whiteboards. I'm loving it. And I want the listeners to know, buy a stinking whiteboard and put it in that spot in your garage, your home gym, your office, and and start dreaming. Because you will never get to where you want to be if you can't even think about getting there. So, and that, and let's just take a step back. I, man, let's not lose the dream. Let's, and, and yeah, we, we're a big fan of, you know, using life insurance and there's a lot of reasons why. But one of the reasons I love that is you get, you get to dream and, and, and you get that control aspect and whatever you do, whatever you do, don't stop dreaming because that's, that's why you're here in Denver. I mean, you, you're on fire to change people's lives. And it's just really, it's, it's, man, it's, it's, I have, I have a brother in my life and I'm grateful for, for you and just your, your passion. And I'm glad, I'm so glad that we had you on the show because I think one of the things is I, I got in a a rhythm of having a bunch of quote unquote experts and I'm going to do, I'm going to do a better job talking to people all around because some of the feedback that we've gotten is Caleb, I want more examples of this. I want to talk to people and this, and I I know that this is going to be a a favorite. I really do. Uh, You know, because you've listened to this podcast that I end my, my shows with asking the legacy question. I'm really curious to hear yours because you have a lot of, a lot of deep things that go on in your head. I can tell you right now, I'm really bad at finishing podcast episodes. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm a little surprised. Uh, So you you don't listen to the end of my podcast. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm done. Uh, but the legacy question pretty much goes like this. If this was your last day on earth and you, and you were with your family, the people that you love the most, your, both of your daughters, what, what would you summarize to them if you knew that this was going to be the last conversation? Serve the Lord. And it's a tough question, man. I got a newborn coming. Okay. So the, the, the answer is this. At the end of the day, nothing is going to matter in that moment if I'm gone. Nothing. It's all, it's all vain glory. Cars, houses, um, you know, lake houses, this and that. And it comes down to, uh, friendships you made, biblically speaking, pulling people out of the fire. That's eternal. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Get me all choked up, dude. What the heck? If the firefighter gets starts crying on the Better Wolf podcast. Hey, Kirk, thank you so much, man. I um, I think that the way that you answered that summarizes your life and how much you love your family and your clients. And it's really cool to know that there's people like you that are fighting for our lives. And we could probably have a whole podcast on just talking about the crazy stories that you that you experience almost on a weekly basis, um, serving serving the people in Phoenix. So, thank you. 
um, you will for sure be hearing more of, from Kirk just because we're we're very much as a company going to be supporting your message because it matters. And yeah, um, I'm excited to get this thing done and, and have people hear your story. It's been, a, it's been a true pleasure. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kirk. Would love to hear your biggest takeaway. You can always go to betterwealthpodcast.com and let us know your thoughts. But I also just wanted to say this. If, you're, if you've been someone that has listened to our podcast, read the book, and you want to learn more about this life insurance, what it means to overfund, how you could use it in your own life, please reach out to us. You can go to betterwealthpodcast.com and schedule a strategy call and learn from someone on my team that can listen to what's going on in your life and you can ask questions too and we can share with you if if working with someone on our team would be right for you or just answer questions that you may have. I know for a fact that there's a lot of people listening to this podcast and I'm really grateful for that and I know that I'm that I don't do a quote-unquote great job sharing with you how we can serve you mainly because i want this to be a podcast that gets shared and this 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 the whole like i want as many people to listen to this and i don't want them to constantly feel like they're being sold but i also know that i want you to know that we are here to serve you at any time and want to serve you and so if you go to betterwealthpodcast.com you can talk to someone um, on our team the same people that have helped kirk live out um, his dreams and helping him um, really show up in, in in a powerful way in arizona and across the country can help you as it relates to taking back control over your wealth so thank you so much for listening to our show appreciate you sharing and your encouragement i hope to hear from you soon and i hope you have a great rest of your day Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.